in a row. Something that seemed completely impossible about two to three weeks ago, but it has happened. The Vegas Golden Knights are a good hockey team once again. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, December 4th, 2019, and that means it is officially three weeks to the day until Santa comes through everybody's chimneys and drops off presents. Uh, if you have gotten your Christmas shopping done yet, God bless you. You are better. You're probably better than most of us. Uh, if you haven't gotten your Christmas shopping yet done yet, don't worry because we haven't either, and we're not yet panicking, but we're still kind of somewhat panicking. But in any event, uh, welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com and site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice, and we are here to talk about another Vegas Golden Knights victory after a, uh, I guess you can say a thrilling, a uh, a nail-biting, uh, closer-than-it-should-have-been game against the uh, New Jersey Devils last night, who, by the way, had probably the most eventful couple of hours leading up to puck drop that I think any team has had in recent memory. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but first, the usual housekeeping items. We'll get that out of the way right now. If this is the first time you are listening to this podcast, I welcome you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights Monday through Friday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at LockdownVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And if you like sending emails, you can send them to LockdownGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So, We kind of touched on it a little bit yesterday, how the Golden Knights were probably going to come into New Jersey against the Devils, second night of a back-to-back, possibly a trap game against a team that is having itself one hell of a season in a very bad way. And that season, that bad season kind of continued about two hours before puck drop because the Devils announced that they had fired uh, Coach John Hines after, I guess, one could only say an abysmal start uh, for the Devils. At 22 points going into the game, they were second to last in the NHL. Um, not an ideal situation you want to be when you have the likes of Taylor Hall, who is on an expiring contract, who, by the way, the Devils are trying to trade because, you know, when you're trying to revamp during a rebuild and the revamp doesn't actually happen and you have to rebuild during the rebuild... Uh, I don't know. It's just a whole bad mess uh, for the Devils right now. So let's put it this way. Two hours before puck drop, John Hines gets fired. The Devils announce that Elaine Nazardine uh, becomes the interim head coach. And usually when you have a team that is firing its head coach, whether it be a day before or the day after or the ensuing game, or in this case, two hours later, apparently you're going to have a fired-up team on your end. And the Devils, credit to them, uh, again, they were also on the second game of a back-to-back, so I can't really say that Vegas came out uh, having dealt with the uh, back-to-back troubles themselves. The the Devils got their asses kicked 7-1 by Buffalo in Buffalo the night before. So they were probably a little pissed, and uh, the Golden Knights had to expect that from that team in their barn. 
Uh, and that's exactly what happened. The Devils jumped out to a one nothing lead in the first period. Uh, they outshot Vegas, I believe it was 17-7 after the first 20 minutes. Uh, so after the great start they had last night against the Rangers, uh, the Golden Knights were on the other end of getting uh, getting almost mollywopped by a desperate team uh, in a very desperate situation. Mackenzie Blackwood was making some great saves, some very tough saves, and it looked like it was going to be one of those nights where the Golden Knights were going to run into a team that was just all in all together, just a pissed off bunch. Um, well, that would not last actually, because in the second period, the Golden Knights got on the board, and not only do they get on the board, it's the new guy, Chandler Stevenson, who was just acquired in a trade with the Washington Capitals on Monday night, comes out in his first game in, I believe it was like his third or fourth shift, and he scores to tie the game at one in the second period. Now, that good mojo would not last because I still don't know how this was not called goaltender interference. I don't know exactly where in the world there was a hip check. I, I don't know. I looked at the replay a few times after it happened. I still don't know. But uh, Jesper Bratt scores uh, late in the second period to make it 2-1. to one. Uh, Should not have counted because... Um, apparently you are allowed to stand on the ice in front of the opposing goaltender. And that is considered goaltender interference. Um, should not have counted, but it was so two, one New Jersey, uh, heading into the third period. And then in the third period, uh, flamethrower, thy name is Jonathan Marshall. who came into this game having not scored since November 16th. He had only scored three goals since November 2nd. And Jonathan Marshall decided, you know what? I think today is as good a day as any to have a natural hat trick. And that is exactly what 81 did. Tied the game at 105 in the third period. Took the lead at 504 of the third uh, to give Vegas a 3-2 lead. And then on the power play at 940 of the third, his third goal of the game, his third career hat trick to make it 4-2. Nico Heischer would score 20 seconds later to cut it to 4-3, but that would be all that New Jersey can muster. The Golden Knights would hang on to win against a very motivated New Jersey Devils team, 4-3. to three. Jonathan Marchessault with the hat trick to lead the way. Alex Tuck with a hat trick of assists. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about Alex Tuck in a little bit. Um, but And uh, Malcolm Subban with 32 saves to lead the way for his fourth consecutive victory. And uh, this was only the second time that Malcolm Subban got the call in both games of a back-to-back. You'll recall the only time that he did that was back last year, late last year, uh, toward the end of the regular season where Subban got the call against Minnesota. They lost 3-2, to and then the next night they're at San Jose, and they lose 4-3 to in overtime. But Subban gets both wins in the back-to-back. Obviously a huge, huge uh, moment for Malcolm Subban to not only get the victory against the Devils and not only get his fourth straight victory, but he also improved to 3-1 and one all-time against his older brother, P.K. Subban, who, God willing, somebody's got to take P.K. Can a, can a contender please take P.K. Subban? Is that possible? Like, they, they can't have him rot in New Jersey. If you're going to send off Taylor Hall, you you got to find a way to move P.K. Subban. I know the contract isn't ideal, but man, he deserves so much better than what Nat, than what uh, New Jersey is doing right now. I, I think he preferred to still be in Nashville, actually. 
Um, but yeah, big win for the Golden Knights. Now 15, 11, and 4. And next up on the docket will be, I, I guess you can still call them the Red Hot New York Islanders. I mean, they their 17-game point streak is over. Um, but they have lost three out of their last five. So maybe not surging, maybe not red hot anymore, but the Golden Knights will conclude this uh, three-game East Coast road trip with a trip to Nassau Coliseum on Thursday where they will take on the Islanders and could be the potential return of Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, Garrett Sparks was reassigned to AHL Chicago after the game. Uh, General Manager Kelly McCrimmon mentioned that there might be a... uh, there might be a chance that Flurry returns for uh, the road trip. Uh, no one had mentioned when that might be. I'm not exactly sure if it's relatively smart uh, to have Flurry come back at the tail end of a road trip. If anything, you might as well have him come back uh, for the game against the Rangers on Sunday. But I digress a little bit. Um, but in any event, if it if it is Mark Andre Flurry back in net on uh, Thursday, a valiant effort a valiant effort by uh, Malcolm Subban to come in and win four straight starts uh, played extremely. He's played very well to this point. I think now his record is four, four and two. Um, He's been very, very good for the, for the better part of this season. Um, You know, chalk up a couple of rough starts. I think the Dallas game is the first one that comes to mind. Um, but all in all, Malcolm Subban has done a valiant job as the backup goaltender so far. And this, this is the kind of performance that I think Vegas has been hoping for to get out of Subban. I think as, as a whole, they've been hoping to get better play as a team in front of Subban. And so far, uh, that has been the case. So valiant job by Malcolm Subban. He's definitely earned some more time if, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury needs a rest or two, uh, here and there. So, uh, we will, uh, we'll take a brief intermission here but before we do by the time this intermission is over and by the time you hear uh all of the uh, wonderful advertisements that we have here uh you can order a meal on doordash i mean if the restaurants are open by the time you listen to this podcast it works even better but treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with doordash right now our listeners can get five dollars off their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter the promo code locked on and if you're listening on the go and if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all the all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. So I wanted to talk a little bit right now about Alex Tuck. And it's obviously been a very frustrating season for him, really back-to-back seasons. He's had to deal with injuries that have kept him out for a long period of time. Uh, this one probably more frustrating than last year for sure. This is the second time he's had to deal with injuries that have kept him out for multiple weeks. And uh, obviously we can tell when Alex Tuck is in the lineup, the Golden Knights are a much, much better team. And we are now seeing just how valuable he is because Alex Tuck in the last three games uh, has been on fire. Uh, a 6 point stretch in three games during a three-game point streak for Alex Tuck after his three-assist night yesterday. Of course, he had the two goals against the Rangers uh, the night before, and then on Black Friday against the Coyotes, he had the lone goal in regulation, and then he scored the deciding goal in the shootout. So uh, number 89 is definitely on a tear right now. The crazy thing about this whole situation with Alex Tuck 
is that this production is coming without the play of the modified third line with Will Carrier and Cody Glass centering uh, with Tuck on the right, which I think bodes well for multiple reasons. Number one, uh, Tuck is benefiting on other areas of the ice where he's playing well. I mean, his first assist last night came on the Chandler Stevenson goal, which came on Stevenson joining the rush, and Tuck made a fantastic pass, and Stevenson put it home in front of uh, Blackwood. And then the other two assists obviously coming on Marshall's uh, two of his three goals. So it, it, the fact that his production is not coming from being on his line, uh, I think bodes well for Alex Tuck, and I think it'll eventually bode well for that line, however long they decide to keep it together. Uh, the two goals last night, one of them came on the power play. The other one came uh, while, I guess, during a line change, I think. Now that I think about it, it was you know, trying to get the third line out. And I think it was, uh, I think it was Jonathan Marshall who had the outlet pass to, uh, to Tuck for that first goal against the Rangers. And then Arizona, it was another, I believe it was another power play instance. It was toward the tail end of the power play and uh, Tuck scored on that one. So Alex Tuck is obviously showing how valuable he is. Uh, I mean, I mean, we've known this by now, but I mean, in his absence, We've seen how valuable he is, especially on the power play. The power play really was anemic for the better part of, God, I want to say like three, four weeks with Tuck out. There was a stretch where the power play was not getting anything going. Uh, the Carlson unit with, uh, now it's Nick Haig on the power play, but before it was Nate Schmidt um, with either, you know, Brandon Peary, or at the time it was Valentin Zikov. I, I mean, enter whoever you wanted on that power play. I mean, Cody Eakin was on the power play at some point too. Just no, the, the, it wasn't going to get any better until Tuck got back into the lineup to be that net front presence. And so far it is definitely paying off on the power play with Alex Tuck back in the lineup. Um, whether or not this translates to this makeshift third line remains to be seen. So far, I think the makeshift third line has been very, very good. Uh, the numbers haven't been there, obviously. I think Cody Glass's only assist so far since the line has been formed was that gorgeous pass he had to Max Pacioretty on Monday. So there really hasn't been any chance for those three to kind of get anything together at five on five. But I think that there is potential there. I think that you see the impact that Will Carrier has on the forecheck. I think you see the potential of having Cody Glass as your full-time center. I think that works out perfectly, and I think that's going to help Glass's game grow. Um, whether or not this impacts Cody Eakin's eventual return, you know, remains to be seen. I, I'm not, I, I kind of talked about it yesterday. I'm not entirely sure if the addition of Chandler Stevenson fully means that the Golden Knights plan on moving Cody Eakin out at some point. I'm not saying that that is, was the full intention. I think ideally, especially if Stevenson can continue to play like he did on Tuesday, um, if you can get by with that, and if you can somehow move Eakin and get out of that contract, number one, number two, you can go with a, with a bottom six that can forecheck the living hell out of teams then I think you're in a pretty good spot. Uh, but I don't think that's really in the cards right now. Um, but you can definitely tell there's a difference in that third line. Uh, the forechecking between Tuck and Carrier opens it up for Glass. 
And with Stevenson, even with Nosek, or you know, well, last night it was Nosek um, and Reeves, even with Stevenson getting on the forecheck, his speed made a huge difference for those two. Uh, I think there was a shift in the second period where I think the fourth line was pretty quiet for the most part of the game. And then there was a shift that I think was initiated by Stevenson, you know, with his forechecking and, you know, his speed kind of kept it. I think they had possession of the puck for like 30 seconds or something in the second period during one shift. Uh, Obviously the best shift of the night for the fourth line. Um, But that's kind of what you've been hoping for, for that bottom six is some sort of life. And and it's not, and I'm not saying it because Cody Eakin has been, you know, God awful. You know, he obviously has not, uh, He obviously has not replicated uh, what he did last season. I don't think anybody expected that. Um, But I do believe that the fourth line, the bottom six in general, is predicated on aggressive forechecking and attacking the net. And that's really what you're going to get with this third line for as long as Tuck and Carey are playing together. Again, the the numbers aren't going to be there, but they're going to be hardworking guys. And Tuck is going to get his numbers on the power play, so it's not like he's going to be lacking on anything when it comes to five-on-five. Carrier might not get his numbers. Glass is probably going to get a little bit more of an opportunity to be that playmaker that Vegas desperately needs. But I think adding Stevenson does kind of give you a little... uh, does kind of give you a little pause and wonders, is Cody Eakin in the future when he comes back? I mean, he's week-to-week right now. He probably would not return until you know mid-December, late December. Um, is it worth keeping him around, especially if Vegas keeps winning and if Stevenson can become the the return that I think Vegas is hoping for? I mean, McCrimmon and uh, McPhee, uh, McCrimmon mentioned it yesterday that Vegas has been keying on uh, Chandler Stevenson for a while now. Um, I'm kind of surprised by that because he hasn't really... Uh, scored a lot in his time with Washington. But again, you get a guy who's able to establish some speed, establish some forechecking. That's the kind of guy that Vegas wants. And especially as a fourth line grinder. I mean, so far, so far the Golden Knights have won the trade. They've, they got a goal out of it so far. Um, but as far as Tuck goes, I think the numbers are going to come. I mean, the fact that he's on what six points in three games right now, he's, he's been very, very good. Um, especially on the power play. He's been lethal. Um, he's definitely going to get more, obviously the play, the power play time is going to, uh, inflate his numbers and get him back up to par to where he should be. Um, but I'm very curious to see going forward, this third line of glass tuck and Carrier, if it can, uh, if it can sustain and if it can keep going, uh, for as long as it can go. And if that, if that, that, that's really been the talk for the last, you know, year and a half, two years now. The third line has been the one thing that I think has held Vegas back. If that third line can get going and get some scoring going, then, then that's going to put a lot of pressure on other teams' bottom six. And if you can put a lot of pressure on those guys and they make one mistake, then you can turn it into success at the other end. So it'll be very interesting to see how this translates for Vegas going forward. Obviously, you know, four wins in a row, that's that's the goal, right? That's the ideal spot you're in right now. You've you're got four wins in a row. And it's their longest win streak of the season. And somehow they've got to keep it going. And if they're able to end this road trip on a positive note by beating the Islanders, then you return home with your number one goaltender back in net, possibly. And you face a Rangers team that you just mollywopped the, uh, you know, the other night. So 
very, uh, very interesting times now for the Golden Knights. If they can kind of string some things together, and we've been talking about consistency, if they can string this consistency together, it's going to go a long way into how far this season goes for them. And they've been, they've been good in December for the last couple of years. Um, so maybe it was just getting through the month of December, maybe getting to the month of December where they can kind of turn it on. But right now, so far, so good. I mean, they've been taking care of business, which is something they haven't done, and they've been winning on the road, and they've been beating teams that they need to beat. So more power to them. I, I think it's now uh, going to be an interesting situation to see where they can take this uh, win streak to. And again, we'll see it on Thursday against the Islanders. Uh, uh, still a very good team. I mean, they've lost three or five after getting a point in 17 straight, but they're still a good team. They're still going to be a dangerous team, you know, come March, come April. So this is still a very, uh, very important test for Vegas heading into, uh, heading into Nassau Coliseum. I can't wait to see their new stadium, by the way, their new, their new stadium is going to be awesome. The Island, the belt was it Belmont park. That, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see that. I'll have to, have to scrounge up some money and make a trip to to Belmont Park when it's when it's done. Should be cool. All right, so we're finally kind of back on track with the, the scheduling and whatnot. I mean, obviously, with me being sick uh, the last week or so, tapped on with the holiday and tapped on with uh, having this back to back has kind of thrown me off to where you know we're just throwing stuff into the wind and hoping it sticks. Um, but we'll be back tomorrow to break down the Islanders game. Uh, not sure what else we're going to do after that, um, but we'll figure something out. Vegas won't play again until Sunday um, when, they, uh, when they come back home to face the Rangers. So we got, we got one day off to do that, so we'll probably do the mailbag on Friday. Again, send your questions if you would like to get your uh, questions answered uh, for the mailbag. They are greatly appreciated. You can tweet uh, at LockedOnVGK uh, if you want your questions answered. Um, I guess, we, you know what, let's take a quick look around the league last night. There were a lot of games last night that happened. I, th- I think we can afford to take a uh, just a quick look around the league. Uh, speaking of teams that have struggled after uh, hot stretches, the Dallas Stars lost again, 5-1 to one to the Winnipeg Jets. Then the two will meet again on Thursday. Um, I'm not really worried about the Stars. You knew they were going to come back down to earth at some point. But... Uh, to get mollywop the way they did in the third in the second period uh, to lose five to one, I don't know. I, I I still like the stars. I I'm not as a not as a fan, but I still like them as a team. I think they can still uh, sustain this. Obviously, it's been a little bit since they uh, since they uh, had their what was it their eleven game point streak end. So they're they're kind of in the situation where you know like the Islanders you expected to drop off from them at, you know when you win and you get you gain points so much over that stretch you you kind of expect to uh to fall back to earth so was it, I think three losses in a row now for the Stars I think all coming within the Central what was it the Blues the Blackhawks and now the Jets so not ideal for the Stars but I'm pretty sure they'll be fine. Uh, Bruins won two to nothing last night against the Hurricanes. The Bruins uh, continue to be the best team in the league, and I don't even think it's really close. Uh, speaking of the Islanders, they lost four to two to the Canadians uh, last night. Uh, Canadians had forty shots on goal. They were able to to get through uh, the Islanders. The Islanders had two goals in the third period on twenty three shots. 
If you're Vegas and you can limit the shots, that's great. And if you can especially limit the traffic on Thursday, then I think you're in even a pretty good chance uh, to beat the Islanders in their building on Thursday. Uh, The Minnesota Wild, I don't think will ever not get a point again. Ever not get a point again. I think, was it nine game point streak now? They just beat the Florida Panthers. All of a sudden, the Minnesota Wild are no longer the worst team in the league, and and they're they're charging for a wild card spot. I, I mean, wh- where are they at now? Minnesota's two back of the second wild card. Who the hell would have thought that? The Minnesota Wild are one point back of San Jose for third in the wild card race. Vancouver has thirty two points. Dallas is thirty three. The Minnesota Wild are charging for a playoff spot. I. Mm, this is this is why I keep telling you guys. This is why they play 82 games. This is why I keep telling you. Because apparently the Minnesota Wild are now the hottest thing going right now. It, it, again, it's probably going to fall off at some point. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that point when we cross there. Speaking of red-hot teams, the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, the Flyers all of a sudden uh, are third in the Metro. They're one point back of the New York Islanders for second place, and they put up a five spot in the third period over the Maple Leafs to lose six to one, or to beat the Maple Leafs six to one last night as Toronto's free fall continues. When you have Austin Matthews saying last night that the team just quit, things are going well in Toronto, even after Mike Babcock is fired. Um, but the Flyers coming out of nowhere to a 16-7 and 5 record I don't think really anybody expected the Flyers to make this kind of a charge but hey they're they're charging the metro I mean they're still what eight back of the of the Capitals for first in the metro uh but look out for the Flyers they're they're looking pretty darn good right now uh the Coyotes won again 4 to 2 over the Black, uh, the Blue Jackets last night so the uh they maintain a two point lead over the Golden Knights for second place in the Pacific Division. They remain one point back of Edmonton for the the top spot in the division. Uh, Arizona does have a game in hand over Vegas. Um, But here's your interesting thought about the Pacific Division. Uh, We're starting to see a little bit of separation here, or at least for now. The Sharks lost last night to the uh, Capitals, which we'll touch on in a second. Uh, but right now, the team in the Pacific that is charged back into the wildcard mix is the Vancouver Canucks, who also, I believe, won again last night. Yeah, they did. They beat the Senators 5-2. to two. So the Canucks are now in the second wildcard. Dallas is holding on to the first wildcard, only one point behind Colorado and two points behind Winnipeg with uh, Colorado with three games in hand. My God. So there's your reminder that Colorado is still good. They have three games in hand. Uh, and are eight points back of St. Louis, so there's still plenty of time for the uh, for the Avalanche to kind of make a charge in the Central. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning also won last night. They beat the Nashville Predators three to two. Tampa Bay still somehow, some way, still climbing in the Eastern Conference standings. They're uh, three points back of the of the second wild card behind the. Uh, I guess you can say the AHL version of the Pittsburgh Penguins because the Penguins are literally losing everybody left and right as the season goes on. At some point, you or I will be asked to skate for the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, at some point. Uh, And also the Sharks losing 5-2 to the Washington Capitals. Uh, I believe, what was it? Was it Timo Meyer that got hurt last night or was it Tomas Hurdle? I can't remember who it was, Uh, but somebody got hurt, and that's... 
one bad thing. The other bad thing is Evander Kane might be facing a suspension soon. Uh, toward the end of the game last night, he, uh, I believe it was, he hit Radko Gudis in the head. And people were, initially, I thought it was an elbow. I think a lot of people saw it live and were like, oh, that was an elbow. Uh, looking at the replay, it looks like he cut the caught the butt of his stick in his face. But even then, why are you throwing the butt of the stick in someone's face? I don't know. That that That's just my opinion. Um, but the Capitals, once again, showing why they are the best team. John Carlson's going to win the Norris. Unless Derek Anglin has something to say about it. Whenever Derek Anglin scores a goal, I think we're all going to throw a party. He is very close to getting on the board for the first time this year, uh, by the way, which we'll probably touch on later on in the week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look at the standings. I mean, the Devils are still bad. The, the Red Wings are still bad. The Kings are the worst team in the Western Conference, but they're only eight points back of Vancouver for the second wild card. I mean, at least in the Western Conference now, we're starting to see a little bit of separation. Uh, the Pacific is still kind of convoluted, but at least we're starting to see who the three best teams in the Pacific are right now. Edmonton, Arizona, and Vegas. Which, if you had that in your office pool to start the season, God bless you. God bless you. So that'll do it for us, guys. Uh, again, uh, good win for the Golden Knights. That That's really all it comes down to. They got another good win. If they can end this road trip on a high note and come back home with a five-game winning streak, I think it's going to ignite a lot of confidence and a lot of excitement back into uh, T-Mobile Arena, which, you know, this it's what the team needs. It's what the team has needed. They've needed some sort of spark uh, to get themselves going, and they're right back in it. And they're right back in the thick of things in the Pacific, and it's exciting time to watch this team again. So it's really the first time we've also had a chance to talk about this extended form of winning that Vegas is on. Feels weird. Feels very weird. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in again. Thank you for uh, all the support for the show. Leave your questions for the mailbag on Friday. We will get to those uh, with finally an off day on Friday. And tomorrow we will be breaking down the Islanders game and all of that, of which it entails. So thank you guys for listening. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I am Danny Webster, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Thank you.